Welcome one, welcome all to the Simple Politics podcast. Unfortunately, clearly, it's not the brilliant Kobe this morning. Uh, It's me, Charlotte, stepping in for Kobe. But don't worry, because we've still got the fantastic Tatten and Diane here. How are you doing, guys? Oh, we're good. Thank you, Charlotte. It's lovely to have you um, keeping us on track. I hope you've got some kind of bell or device for Tatten today. (laughs) Excuse me. Uh, Keep him in line. Yeah, or just an angry glare. Perfect. You know, perfect. Do an angry glare. <laughs> but yeah, doing doing good. Thank I you. I want best behaviour. Mm, we'll see. Awesome. It's also, I'd like to add, it is the last day of term, so I'm wearing my own clothes today. <laughs> um, unlike normal. Mm-hmm. I normally like yeah. your little, you know, summer dress that you wear. That little SP, SP pinny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. um, yeah, no, to know today. I'm today I'm wearing my own clothes. Last at term. I'm expecting to watch a film later. Yeah. Or a board game at the very Brilliant. least. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on. So Let's get started. The top post of this week. What has been going on? Tatten. Well, end of the three is a post about uh universities and um and the government doesn't like some university courses because they don't offer good return. And if you don't earn lots after having done a degree, you don't pay back your debt. And then so the government has to suck it up. So some degrees don't change much of the earning capacity or earning opportunity for the, those people studying. Um, they cost too much and the government says there's no point in them and we're going to stop we're going to cap numbers on them so universities can't pack it out um all the data said that creative arts subjects were the worst for this um as someone who has a creative arts degree i would completely agree that uh financially it hasn't helped all that much i am not swanning about um making the kind of money that only estate agents make i don't know how much money estate agents make <laughs> um but also sp has found i don't have a politics degree i have a degree in drama and and english and sp has founded on those communication skills everything i've done teaching writing like you know actually performing everything i've done is based on the skills i learned in a creative arts degree so financially maybe i'm costing the government lots of money right i like i have to hold my hands up on that and there isn't much money in the government but also i've benefited not financially hugely from that experience so i think mm. i think it's interesting and again it's just just the government trying to cut, save some money somewhere because money's mm. so tight you're right i think um that debate on what university is for fundamentally is really interesting. And, you know, and as you say, it's you got communication skills from your degree, right? For some people, it's also just the life skills of being away from home for the first time. And, mm-hmm. oh, my yep. God, I didn't know how to cook when I left home at 18. <laughs> I had no idea how to budget. Uh, you know, it's all those all those things as well and but diane should the government be paying should the government be paying for you to learn to cook and to be budgeting and to be independent should the government be paying a few thousand pounds quite a few thousand pounds for you 
to learn those skills? I've given it back in other ways, Tatton. <laughs> what, VAT? I know you buy a lot of, you know, stuff in the shop. Um, but no, it, Trust me, I know that SP means you don't pay much tax. <laughs> <laughs> SP wages don't put you in a high but tax but bracket. But I'm a better citizen, potentially, overall. <laughs> Well, that's, but that's exactly what it comes down to is what are we paying for? Mm. What do we value? And ultimately, university money is also in competition with NHS money. It's also in competition with funding our schools. It's also in competition because, because all of this money, if you're government, you've got all of these things. And I got a lot from my degree, but the government have also had to pay a lot for me to have that. Now, is that money well spent? I mean, I don't know. That's the question with this. Mm. If university makes you a better person, is that a good outcome? If university makes you more productive, it's mm. definitely a good outcome for the government. It's definitely worth investing. If it just makes you a bit better to sing and dance, is that, is that a good outcome? I don't know. Of course, then the issue is that um, the wages that people receive are not based on value to the country. Because if that were true, nurses and teachers and people who we really, really need would be paid a lot more than, for example, bankers, consultants, recruiters. You, you know, that's that's not how our economy works. So there are some flaws with the argument. I would. I argue. think I think you could you but, can make a strong shout that bankers uh, do a lot of good for the country. Oh, every, I'm not saying that in. these people don't. But we don't have, it, it's uh, people who are not earning huge amounts. A lot of people on the comments, for example, were saying, oh, so you'd get rid of nursing degrees then because they don't earn the kind of money that people were you know, talking about. So they, mm -hmm. they don't earn high, high amounts. So I think that's a big flaw in the argument. Are we only looking at what people earn in their jobs? Arts degrees, sure, people might not earn very much because you don't earn very much from an arts degree as someone who has a media degree. Um, but it's one of the biggest uh, industries in the UK. It brings in billions of pounds. Like I, I thought on subject of media, they were talking about, they were naming specifically uh, universities that have entire modules based on Harry Styles. Mm. Um, mm. And I was just, and I was, I was listening to that going, what a fascinating module. <laughs> Sign me up. Looking at everything that Harry Styles, <laughs> like everything Harry Styles represents, everything that he brings with him, all the different facets of like being the biggest, I mean, what, he's, he is the biggest star in Britain today, right? Maybe, maybe globally, I don't know, but he is the biggest pop star that we have is Harry Styles. So what a fascinating thing to study. What makes him the biggest pop star like, you know, I just, I was, yeah, really interested in doing that module. Mm. Um, and it, it was being used as being disparaging. <laughs> I was like, oh. And this happens every year. You'll get the, the, the articles that are like, oh, this person did their dissertation on Taylor Swift. And as if it's like yeah. easy. That yeah. would be the context. Like my, my PhD is about esports. People can dismiss esports. Like, oh, that must be fun. Oh, but the theory behind it, mm. the actual bit, is about the spatial legitimation of a market. Like, it's people look at the context and don't look at the actual 
reason behind the learning. Yeah. So, yeah, this is just a bit of a bugbear for me, this whole... And I, I, we do need to have a discussion about what university is for because I'm not 100%. I don't think everyone should be going to university. It's not for everyone. It wasn't for me um, as an undergrad. But just looking at earnings... Just seems think, a little well, short sighted. Yeah, this is it. We, it's just about decision making mm, on on how we spend our money and what we want to spend public funds on. And you know, you're right about nurses and whatever. So yes, it's a really fascinating topic, and it did well, and it was uh, in at three. Fantastic. Okay, so Diane, what was in at two? Okay, I'll try and be a little bit briefer on this one because that university discussion was so interesting. We did we did do a bit on it. So um, this is about money again because most things are um and this is about the welfare welcome to yeah, and this is about the welfare system now the two child limit on means tested benefits has been around since 2017 it was an austerity measure okay and um it basically was there to stop people being able to claim benefits for third and then fourth and fifth and sixth children. Okay. There are some exceptions. So there are multiple births are an exception and people who are adopted are an exception. So there are some exceptions, but generally that's the rule. A big study was out this week and it was kind of hinted at and, and, you know, built up last week, but a big study was out that's been three years in the making and it's got some university researchers backing it. And it basically said the policy was, is kind of counterproductive because it hasn't helped or pushed larger families into working more. And um, those employment hours haven't, the dial hasn't shifted on those. And subsequently, child poverty is also up. So it hasn't, it hasn't done the thing that it was meant to. Then at the weekend, we also had um, Keir Starmer asked directly about this. Would Labour, because it feels like a very Labour thing to do, to be honest, would Labour get rid of the, the two-child cap if um, they came to power? And he said no, not on a basis that he doesn't want to do that or he doesn't want to, you know, try and help lift children out of poverty but but the funds aren't there to do that and Rachel Reeves talked about this too they want to show that all of their ideas are fully costed fully funded and they really want to prove that point in the run-up to the next general election and it's estimated it would be about 1.3 billion to, to undo this cap and there isn't the money there to do it so yeah Lots of people quite, tight, yeah, lots of very surprised Labour supporters, I think, about this. And Jeremy Corbyn, who isn't a, who isn't a Labour MP anymore, mm -hmm. he came out, he, he's, he's done a whole series of interviews with as many people as will listen to him about how evil and wrong this, this choice is. Obviously, he's a very different, he was a very different Labour leader to Keir Starmer. But yeah, I mean, they, like he's, he is very, very clear that this is not that you that keep child child poverty is the number one problem according to Jeremy Corbyn um, and of course everyone would say child poverty is the wrong thing to do but they would say that you know people would say that we're growing the economy we're getting people working and that's the the best way out of poverty is through work is through having a job that's what we hear time and time and time again from 
every conservative prime minister we've had, mm-hmm. all 26 conservative prime ministers we've had in the last two years, they've all said the same thing. Work gets you out. And that's what they're going for here. I just, this is your, this is your weekly reminder that people with whom you disagree aren't monsters. They just have a different way. They think the handouts that benefits aren't helping people themselves because they keep, they're effectively keeping you in poverty. Whereas if you can get a job, if you can get sorted, then things will be better. Yeah. Yeah, always important to look at why people think things rather than dismissing it straight away. Um, is there a book or something you could read about, you know, understanding people better, Tatton? Uh, there is. There is a book uh, about understanding people better. Actually, my first book, The Breakdown, is called The Breakdown because it's about the breakdown in, in, in between people, but it, it, lack of communication skills. So uh, that's a particularly good one. You can buy that one at spstuff.co.uk. But my new book, Politics But Better, uh, available through the link in the bio or on Amazon. And I've now done the audio book so you can listen to it, listen to me reading my book, if that's, you know, your jam. Um, you can order that on Amazon right now. Um, yeah, politics were better. It's, 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 it's all about communication. It's all about talking. It's all about harmony and finding what you agree with rather than what you disagree with. It's really, really excellent. Exactly. Yes. And I've done my bit by getting you to plug it. Cool. Number one, Tatton, <laughs> what was the most popular post of the week? Uh, the most popular post of the week. Uh, do you know what? Diane found this and uh, she said to me, this is like so obvious. Yeah. Like we almost didn't post it because it was so obvious. And it just says the things that people care about. And I, I don't think we need to talk about this particularly. The things that people care about most in the ONS tracking survey was the most thing they care about is the cost of living like yeah obviously and then they care about the nhs obviously and then they care about the economy obviously and then there's a massive jump down 79 people 79 percent of people said the economy and there's a huge jump down to 62 percent for climate change and then housing and i think the reason why this post was successful is because those actually are the things people care about and they saw a list of them and went, oh, those are the things I care about. And press like. Yeah. And sometimes they're not the things that are in the newspapers, to be fair. Uh, sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't. But yeah. yeah. Is there anything that didn't make the list that surprised you? I mean, the boats aren't on the list. Hmm. The people's priorities. I mean, people's priorities, uh, according to the government, are halving inflation. So that's cost of living. They are cutting waiting lists, which is the NHS. They are cutting, growing the economy. And there's one I've forgotten. And there's uh, the boats. The debt. And the debt. So Maybe. The debt. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 yes. So that's the economy and the NHS mm-hmm. and the cost of living. Those are those three. And stop the boats, which is the one they're so doubling down on. All of, their, all of the podiums say stop the boats. That's the big one, which they're not going to do this year that's not on there interesting okay so talking about what the people want to hear <laughs> let's move over to the mailbag this ah, is strong. um it, it half worked i'm not normally awake before like 3 p.m so um and this is not even 10 a.m yet listener that's you know so yes right this is your opportunity to ask us questions 
uh diane have we got any questions this week we've got so yes we always get questions some really good ones this week um <laughs> are you feeling like you could answer a couple tatten how are you feeling will we just push through and see how we do what we're doing we're doing quick fire we're doing quick fire we're doing lengthy i mean you know there's uh if you listen, if you know that if you don't put a time frame on me, yes. we'll all still be here tomorrow. <laughs> so. Yeah. Right, I'm getting the stopwatch. <laughs> oh, you're doing an actual stopwatch. I'll give you one. yes. But I might be nice have. and give you like 90 seconds. And if if you're really on a roll and it sound good, I might let you have two minutes, but we'll I see. I mean 90 but we'll seconds. Say 90 is loads seconds. Of time. Mm. Let's go. Let's do it. Okay, perfect. The first question, um, these have all come in through the story we posted on Instagram. And the first one is from Emily. And she asks, because we have talked about the House of Lords this week because of the immigration bill. She asks, why do the Lords have mm -hmm. any power at all if they're not all elected? Oh, Emily, the House of Lords is wonderful and should have all the power and there shouldn't be any MPs in at all. Um, so it's, it's, it's yin and yang. It's checks and balances, right? So what you need to do to be elected is you need to be popular. You need people to vote for you. That's the only criteria you need. You could, in theory, get some absolute buffoon elected in somewhere like Uxbridge, right? Those people could vote for someone and they, and then you've got the House of Commons that's full of popular people going, ha oh, ha, I'm so popular. And then their laws, their bills, the ideas have to go somewhere to be checked. And the place they go is a place full of experts. They are chosen for being experts in their field, scientists and engineers and all the rest, all the other things can be an expert in, including politics. You hear a lot about ex-MPs going to the House of Lords. That's because they're experts in how politics works. And then those experts can look through the bill and suggest changes. And then it goes back to the House of Commons and the House of Commons go, well, those changes undo what I wanted them to do so they can take them out. Or they can go, ah, oh, good work, experts. You're absolutely correct. And then, so you need to have both. You need absolutely need to have both. And I love the House of Lords. When I worked in Parliament, I, I saw my eyes were open to the glory of the House of Lords. Um, <laughs> and yes, they're not democratically elected, but they know what they're talking about, and that matters. Excellent job, only three seconds over. Ooh, oh, very good, very good. It on the nose. Sorry, I know that's that's not the only thing we should be concentrating. <laughs> There's also good content as well, um, <laughs> to be clear. Right, let's go to okay. yeah, question two. Um, we've got one from Anwin. There's been recent news that there'll be some boundary changes, constituencies changing for the next election. Will that affect anything, Tatten? Not really. Um, it's just the boundaries have to shift around sometimes as people move because there's supposed to be roughly, I think, 70,000 or 80,000 people in each constituency and people move around. Mm -hmm. So you get some. And so recently we had some that were quite small and some that were quite big. Move them around. Um, it's not political. These, 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 these changes have not been done by the government. They're done by the Electoral Commission and then kind of waved through by parliament. So it, some people will find their seat has gone and they will have to try and fight for a, for a neighbouring seat. And that's that's kind of the biggest change. Um, it, it, it won't really affect very much. Cool. But it's done for on the awesome. basis of just making everything a bit more equal. Yeah. How do we do on time there? That seemed short. 
that was only 47 seconds Ooh. nice and succinct was that 40 I, think... I managed to talk to i managed to say no it won't make a difference and it took me 47 <laughs> seconds to do that <laughs> Honestly, I'm just Good impressed news, that you're everyone. not still talking about the Lords. <laughs> um, oh no, Charlotte, when we finish the podcast, I'm going to continue talking about the Lords, don't you worry. He's going to film um, you. The, you'll be just... Yeah. yeah. The important day, thing to say is that, is that Politics But Better I have has been edited. Oh, so yeah. I have an editor who and, and a publisher who who cut let's say quite a few words <laughs> from the book <laughs> oh brilliant have you got one more question in you do you um, think yeah so okay oh no, let's go let's go let's go let's go, 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 let's go. go. okay so benjamin on instagram he listens to the podcast a lot right he we know he listens every week and um listening last week he picked up that quite a few solutions that that we said for the NHS, for example, it was about you need a lot of money to solve some of the problems that we've got. And he said, how do politicians solve issues when there's no money available, no money left in the pot? Yes. I mean, that's the phrase at the moment, isn't it? Mm. Um, it's, it's difficult. The first thing you need to do is look at what you can do for nothing. There was just this morning, uh, Diane and I were talking about PE and PE in schools and how they need two hours. And it's a change and it's increasing physical exercise uh, in school and it's free. Basically, it's free for the government to do. Uh, you can make tweaks, you can make changes that don't cost anything. And then when it comes to things that you do have to pay for, it's really hard because every penny you spend, you have to cut from somewhere else. If you accept that we've basically got taxes as high as we can do, and they're as high as they've ever been, or they're as high, they're high as they've been for years and years and years and years. I mean, that's, I, I was reading someone saying that corporation tax isn't as high as income tax, and that could be changed. So we could squeeze a bit more money on non-DOM status and private schools, and we could squeeze a bit more money up from somewhere. But generally... You have to cut somewhere to spend more money. We were talking earlier in this podcast about it costing 1.3 billion, I think it was, to remove the child two child limit on universal credit on on means tested benefits. And if if Labour committed to doing that, they would have to cut 1.3 billion pounds from somewhere else. We do not have 1.3 billion pounds sat around, so there are some free things. And then the way politicians solve issues is by making incredibly tough choices. Where am I going to spend this hundred? I've got a hundred million pounds in my pocket. Where am I going to spend it? And those choices are at the heart of what politics is. How should we spend it? We're going to move on. PM watch. So what have our spies been telling us about Rishi Sunak this week? Chatton. Well, he he was spotted. He was spotted in the House of Commons <gasps> this week, which is uh, very very unusual for him. I think he had to ask for directions on the way, but he was there for PMQs, and him and Starmer kind of shouted at each other for a bit, and it was all rather underwhelming. 
I, I, I should say we're recording this before PMQs, but I know <laughs> that but that's what's going to happen. It's inaccurate. what will have happened by the yeah. time you listen to this. <laughs> Uh, so uh, the other thing that's going to have happened by the time you listen to this is by-elections. You will know the results. We don't know the results. They come out Friday morning. This podcast comes out Friday morning. The Lib Dems really want to win in Somerset. they got a huge majority to overturn, but they really, really, really want to win. Ed Davey has done the media rounds this week. <laughs> and he basically just says, I want to win. Please let me win. Please vote for us. Please, please, please vote for us. Mm. And obviously, if they do, they will have some new stunt. Oh. And we do love a Lib Dem stunt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, regardless of the politics, yeah. regardless of the politics, I kind of want them to win so that we can yeah. see Ed David driving through a bale of hay yes. or a cuckoo or, clock where the cuckoo doesn't work. Yeah. Or, I mean, this is stuff. This is the th this is what I live for. Mm. Um, when I told my middle son, my middle child, Alfred, um, uh, about these stunts, and then I told him what a coalition was, he said, Oh my goodness, we could have the best of both worlds. We could have the good policies of another party and the stunts of the Liberal Democrats, <laughs> both in government together. You're like, oh, that happened. It, did, it didn't go Obviously. so well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, uh, the Democrat policies are also very good, and I don't want to throw shade on the Democrat policies. Um, and then Selby, then Selby, Labour are hoping to win Selby. I mean, they've got a 20,000 majority to get rid of. So, But they think they can do it. Like, Labour are so far ahead in the polls. Mm. They think they can do it. The Lib Dems genuinely believe they can do Somerset and mm. Frome with 19,000. Labour genuinely believe they can do... Selby with twenty thousand, yeah, and then Uxbridge, which was going to, which was supposed to be a shoe in, yeah. We've now got the ultra low emission zone, which is going to be extended. Which, uh, just very briefly, the ultra low emission zone means that if you've got an old car that like does lots of emissions, then you have to pay to go into that area to encourage people to use public transport. Um, and in central London, it seems to work well, and maybe he's it's being expanded to out of London and people are really upset because it is there isn't a public transport in outer London there isn't in, in central London so it's really hard for people to swap from their cars to uh, public transport and also guess who has the oldest most rubbish most emissiony cars mm. it's poor people mm -hmm. guess who can't afford to pay the ULEZ it's poor people so it's deeply unpopular and it's also unpopular with people, kind of Chelsea tractor kind of families who also like to live in suburban London. So where Uxbridge last election, there was talk about Boris Johnson losing his seat in Uxbridge because it was, it was really on the line. Mm. Now, I mean, it's only a 7,000 majority. Mm. So you'd have thought Labour would come in and scoop it up. But I would now say it's the least likely to change hands i i would i would ha i would have a guess that by the time you listen to this lovely listener i would have a guess that somerset has gone lib dem i'd have a guess that labor has gone selby and i think i'd guess that conservatives hold on in uxbridge mm. it's a tricky one Ooh. but looking at the candidate list for uxbridge mm. there are so there's there's actually quite a lot of independents literally standing as something like anti the the ulez 
you know, anti the, you know, it's it's mm. quite a, sweat, a big, big issue there. And sometimes a single issue is what, yeah, issue. is what brings people out to vote. So I can't wait for Friday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to be really interesting. Yeah. Um, especially if you're listening to this on Friday. Mm. Like, I'd love to be listening to this for the first time and hearing Tatton's and I, but then that's the kind of nerd I am. <laughs> like, My outdated. Uh, listen, yeah, I love, go, I love that. Listening to outdated predictions. <laughs> Sometimes I'm catching up on podcasts from like a week ago and I'm like, oh, everything's changed since then. That's why I love politics. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so actually this this put another perfect segue here. So we're looking forward. Let's move on to the crystal ball. So beyond this week, um, obviously we're not going to be here over the summer, but what big stories do you think could be coming up whilst we're away? Okay. Diane. Perfect. Um, well, we'll still be we'll still be here to post and keep you up to date of anything major that happens. So yes. keep your eyes peeled on the page. But um, I think, to be honest, the one story I can't see going away really is is around immigration and um, the barge, um, the the huge five hundred bedroomed barge that has arrived in Dorset. Um, you know, this week news outlets were literally following, you know, standing, waiting for it to come in li- on a live feed. That's yeah. Um, and the government said yesterday that people will start to be housed there from the end of July. So this is a story I think that's going to be around in terms of, you know, people just having all eyes on this because it's a new thing, isn't it? It's a new thing for, for the government to try mm-hmm. to limit the cost of hotels. But obviously there are various opinions on this, even within Dorset. There are little protests going on, um, some in in some in support, some not in support, some wanting the barge to go somewhere else, some, you know, welcoming asylum seekers. It's a real melting pot of of opinion down there actually on the dock so i imagine this is gonna keep running for a while yeah definitely. yeah we're gonna have um the stop the boats narrative going running through the whole time the thing that i struggle with about the bibby stockholm is i don't understand on what basis people will be staying there because we now have the illegal migration act 2023 it has been passed by parliament so that says people have to be detained until they can be removed from the country to be processed elsewhere. When we first started talking about this barge, people said that pe- they would be free to come and go. If the law says that it is our duty, it is the police's duty, it's home, home officer's duty to detain migrants will they not be allowed off? Will it become a de facto barge prison? Is that, is that, is that where I don't know the answer to that question. So I, I don't, cause, cause these, cause a lot of people, a lot of the people now being moved from hotels. So they would have been here before that law was passed. It was passed yesterday, day before. So they were here before that. So presumably they can't be now detained 
after that. I'm not being very informative. This is supposed to be an informative podcast, and let's face it, I'm on it, so it probably isn't. But if this is supposed to be an informative podcast, I'm not informing you at the moment. I'm just sharing a question I've got. Can I write in? <laughs> Can I write into the mailbag section? <laughs> well, no, you, you make an important point, though, that there are a lot of questions around this. Um, so, you know, as soon as we have answers and we know what's going on, I'm sure we'll be... Yeah, of course. Posting about it. Of course it. we will. Um, except my crystal ball is that I won't be posting about it because I'm going on holiday. Um, mm-hmm. I can say today is, today is the last day of term for my children and my partner, who's a teacher, who's not a child, a teacher. Um, and uh, holidays are coming and we're going to get out of this country if... If the strikes at the airports allow us to get out of the country, we will. We will be getting out of the country, and so uh, yeah, I'm very. I'm. Do you know honestly what I love about TMSP? What I love about my job is that I'm going to go on holiday, and I know that Charlotte and Diane are going to do such a great job of everything when I'm away. It's just it's so comforting to know. Like there have been times in the past where I was like, "Oh, I'm going on holiday. I'll take my laptop. I'll continue doing everything." But these two are great. Um, in fact, when I say you I mean you, you won't notice anything except for slightly better posts than you're used to um, with me around. Um, I'm not on holiday the whole time. We'll be, I will be back, and but this podcast is returning on the 17th of August when we'll be looking forward to some pretty exciting things. Uh, we'll be looking forward to the online safety bill and uh, all the things that, that, that are important there. We're going to look into, we're looking forward to the, the – no, the strikes bill's finished now. They've, that's gone through. Uh, we're going to be looking forward to all kinds of bills. We're going to be looking forward to party conferences, which are going to be mm. amazing this year. We'll be looking forward to the new King's speech, which is going to be – well, it's going to be a pre-election King speech. That's going to be fascinating. Um, we're going to be looking forward to, most importantly, the publication of the Politics Book of the Year. Uh, it's an official award that I've decided I'm giving myself. Uh, Politics Book of the Year. It's called Politics But Better. It's by a guy called Tatton Spiller. The audio book is available now. It's available, it's available to pre-order now. Um, it's really quite something. It's one of the best books you'll ever read by me it's one of my best books you'd ever read um we're going to be promoting that unlike so far when we've hardly promoted it at all we're going to be promoting that oh you better believe we're going to be promoting that harder than we are now uh when we come back 17th of august uh premier league have started again uh that's exciting um 17th of august it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing um please 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 have a wonderful 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 summer if you're in croatia say hi uh if you're not i don't care about you um have a wonderful summer and we will we shall we'll we'll meet again don't know where i do know when because it's 7th of august um so i do know when all right Great succinct wrap up there, Tatten. Well done. <laughs> Eight minutes forty nine. <laughs> okay. Thank you, everyone. Have a lovely summer, and we will see you on. When, when was it, Tatten? I don't think you mentioned it enough. Was it when, when, when was we'll it, be back? Was it, oh, I know when it is. It's it's when politics were better available to pre-order in all good bookshops now. That's when it is. 
17th of August, people, is when we'll be back. Have a lovely summer. Bye. <laughs> Have a bye. lovely summer. Bye, bye, bye. You just heard a stripped media production. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel-Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.